My eyes are puffy, and I just hit record, and that's the definition of Nike. Just do it. And so welcome to the 12th episode of The Way In. I'm your host, Timo Way, and I wanted to weigh in on a few of the topics, a few of the ideas and thoughts I've been thinking about this week. I hope you are doing so good right now. Thanks for inviting me into your ear, and if you're watching this, thanks for inviting me into your eyes and wherever those places go into your brain. So I wanted to share with you this quote, and I'd like to start and sort of end on this point. And the quote is, the only interesting people are interested people. And to be completely interested is to have forgotten about I. That was Alan Watts in his his excellent book called The Wisdom of Insecurity. So I just finished that book this week. And I've been thinking about topics like self-love, and I have been thinking about what is the self anyway. These are really deep things to think about at night. And also about masks and sort of evoking that old Lauren Hill song with the Fugees, everybody wear the mask, but how long will it last? So these are the things that I've been thinking about. And and when I hit, when I said in the beginning of this podcast is like, you know, just just freaking do it, just hit record. My eyes are puffy from allergies this week. Uh, it's just like, you know, how much thinking can we do before we actually need to start doing? And I was thinking about, like with everything else I've ever done in my life, uh, I just did things. the The best things I've ever did, done were just done. And what do I mean by that? You know, I didn't ever read the instructions before any video game I ever rented or bought when I was a kid. I never sat there and read the guidebook before jumping into a game. When I played soccer, I didn't sit there and read theory about soccer before playing in a game. I just went out onto the field, and I did it. I just went to practice and played. You know, it was from repetition. It was from getting the body and the mind used to and creating a habit from practice, a habit of practice. And reading about the practice, you know, it helps in theory, and in theory, really, just in theory, but... You know, all of that reading and all of that wondering and all of the thinking goes out the window the moment that we take our first steps into doing. And we do better each time. We get better or we find out, man, maybe this maybe this thing that I'm doing isn't for me. You know, maybe playing soccer isn't for me. Maybe writing just isn't for me. Maybe I should record videos instead. Maybe I should uh record a podcast and said whatever these things are so mark twain once said something along the lines and maybe i'm wrong here just just google it if i am but it takes three weeks to prepare a good impromptu speech when i say just do something it doesn't mean don't prepare it means there's a lot of preparation that goes into things that are seemingly effortless you know, professionals, they didn't just show up one day and they're pros. They're working thousands upon thousands of hours on shooting and dribbling and whatever it is that, that is required in their sport or their practice. So whatever that is for you, I urge you to just do it, to just Nike it. Think about crossing a street, something as simple as crossing the street and waiting for that, you know, that white lit up dude to say oh it's cool to cross you know what i'm saying so when you're at the street 
and when you're about to cross the street, think about what would happen if we were focusing on the colors of the eyeballs of other people as we're watching, you know, across the street. Oh, wow, look at the type of shoes they're wearing. Man, those are nice Nikes. Look at those, look at those shoelaces. Look at what this person's going on. Look at the spots in their eyes. And then, you know, you're doing all this while crossing the street, and then, boom, you get hit by a truck. So that is to say that focus on just what that next thing is. Take that one step, go from zero to step one. Forget about step 13 and all the details in between. Just freaking do it. Hit record, hit play, get addicted to hitting publish. Get addicted to hitting record. Get addicted to that habit. Some things are good to be addicted to. So I wanted to start with you there. And sort of jump into... Let's go, where do I want to go with this? Let's go into self-love. This is a hot topic. I think it's always been a hot topic. But self-love. And, I, and I'm not going to, I'll let you know what I'm not going to talk about with self-love. I'm not going to tell you how to love yourself or tell you to go pamper yourself. Uh, if you've read any part of my blog, I've got this article called Master Dating. And I really endorse loving yourself. I really endorse loving yourself. But maybe not in the way that we have been thinking about loving ourselves. Maybe not in the way of you know being sort of an overbearing mother to ourselves. So what is self-love or how do we actually do it? And we'll get back to that quote in the beginning, which again was, The only interesting people are interested people. And to be completely interested is to have forgotten about I. So, is it possible if behind it all there is no self to love, to love yourself? So, it seems interesting that is loving yourself code for I'm unhappy with myself. So... I am pursuing happiness, self-love, within a self I can't seem to find. Have you noticed that? It seems like anything that has to do with happiness draws a lot of people who are unhappy. It's as if when we're going to, when we're pursuing happiness, it's saying that, well, right now I'm not happy, but I'm in pursuit of happiness. It just seems like a cycle that has no end. So if there is no self to love, then a process of self-love is that cycle without end. You know, maybe it's better to have faith in ourselves. And that is, when we think about faith, you know, when I think about faith, initially I always think about, you know, religion and having faith in God and in that sort of aspect. But it seems like faith is exactly the opposite. If we have, uh, when we take a leap of faith... It's when we jump off a cliff and we just we just let go. We step into the unknown and we let go of all of our thoughts and we just do it, right? We just take a leap of faith. Faith is letting go. When we have faith in ourselves, when we have faith in God or whatever that is for us, it's saying, I'm letting go of this I, of this image of myself that 
I've been carrying around for my entire life. I'm going to let go of what I think I should be. I'm going to let go of what I think I'm lacking. I'm going to let go of what I think I need to be doing. I'm going to have faith in myself, in God, whatever it is, and I'm just going to let go, man. I'm going to let go, and I'm going to roll with it. So, letting go. Faith is letting go. If we let ourselves go, if we let go of ourselves, we let go of a feeling of separation, that we let go of ourselves of this deficit of love. Uh, we let go of this idea of making ourselves separate for, from something else, separate from our pain, separate from our love, separate from our happiness, separate, separate from our unhappiness. When we let go, we realize that, well, man, that's all, that's all part of it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, part of, it's part of life. I am all of that stuff, and damn, because there's no reason to really hold on to it. You know, a wise person once said that all pain comes from separation. All problems come from separation. And part of this, I see that in the self-love movement, that below it all, I'm not saying everybody who's practicing self-love is doing this, but I see a lot of unhappiness and I see a lot of separation, ironically, from pursuing a self-love. So, have you ever heard, you know, the the saying, oh man, they just let themselves go. He just let himself go. It might be that friend we haven't seen in, you know, 10, 15 years or five years. And they show up, they walk through the door, you don't even recognize them. And it's just like, man, what the heck happened to Frank? He just like, he let himself go. Maybe he gained 15, 20, 50, 100 pounds and has no resemblance of his past self. He's just wobbling, doesn't even fit through the door frame. He just let himself go. Maybe he let himself go, uh, <laughs> and, man, gravity just took its hold on him, and he's barely able to move. You know, what exactly, when we say that, so when we say they just let themselves go, what exactly did he or she let go of? Did they really let themselves go? You know, what part of themselves left or went to McDonald's or Arby's or Taco Bell, whichever one you prefer? What part left and went to the candy store and never returned? What part of the self was let go to run the eating show or the drug show or whatever part was let go? What if instead of this whole idea of letting themselves go, it was actually, it's the actual reverse. This person, he, she, was clinging to an idea of themselves. Eating away a past trauma. You know, padding that trauma up with a Big Mac, or 20, or 50, or 100. Or is it a letting go of the mind, the ego, or rather, is it letting the mind, the ego, or the Labrador brain, the monkey brain, the reptilian brain, however you want to call it, take over, the lower self take over? What do they let go of? I would say they're not letting go of anything. They're clinging on to something. They're, they're like 
digging their nails into some aspect of themselves that they can't quite let go of. They're holding on. And in holding on, whether, you know, we'll go back to eating, what what exactly are they holding on to? What are they trying to heal through eating? Is that the body's response to healing? I mean, it could be a lot of things, but psychologically, it looks more like clinging than letting go. So to let ourselves go is to truly love ourselves, right? That saying, you know that saying. If you truly love someone, you set them free. You'll, you're free. They're free to let go. You're <laughs> Rather, when you love someone, you set them free. And that's the same for ourselves. Smothering ourselves with self-love is akin to the mother smothering your child with years of hawk-eyed vigilance, right? The mom that, oh man, you can't eat, you can't go outside, you can't get dirty, no playing in the yard, stay inside in a sterile environment, shielded from the world. Eventually, the pendulum will swing the opposite way. It's inevitable. It's like pushing against the gravity of the part of ourselves that we just need to let go of will eventually make that pendulum swing back the other way. And when it swings back, what is that emotional home that we're going to run to? Is it eating for comfort? An incessant eating for comfort? Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it hanging out with those people that maybe you don't want to be hanging out with? Is it going back to the old roles and emotional homes that we once had? All those places that we're still clinging on to deep down inside. So I'm going to evoke my man Big Sean here. If you don't know who Big Sean is, he is some consider the best rapper out right now. Others would say maybe top three. I'd say he's doing his own thing. I would put him in, oof, it might be for another conversation. I'd put him in top five right now. So to evoke Big Sean, he said, if you love yourself, you'll never be alone. Think about that. If you love yourself, you will never be alone. If we follow what we went through here today, to love ourselves is to let go of our idea of self. To let self go. To accept it as it is, whole, connected, and part of something incomprehensibly greater. So let go of yourself. To know God Man must give up himself. There is no I to surrender. So what I are you holding on to? What version of yourself are you clinging on to? If you're pursuing self-love, what is that unhappiness within you that might need some healing? What emotional home are you returning to? And can you let go? So, those are all questions that have been floating through. I'd love to hear what you think. So, hit me up about those. Facebook, email, however you want to. That's self-love. The ability to let self go. And that brings us to masks. 
We talked in the beginning. I brought up that great Fuji's quote from Lauren Hill. Everybody wear the mask, but how long will it last? And it was on my mind the other morning. I, I had popped in on social media to take a gander at what's going on. I try to be a, a, a net producer on social media. That's another topic rather than a net consumer on social media. That is, if I go to Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, I, I just try so hard to not get sucked in to the feeding aspect of it and eating rather consuming and try to you know provide something and add something to it where i can so anyway i was i was popping in and some people showed up in the feed as people do on social media feeds and they just all people from you know years past that i haven't talked to and that lauren hill line everybody wear the mask but how long will it last just jumped into my mind. So I wanted to share with you a little about of what I had thought after this. It just sparked this thought about mass and growth. And through growth, the contrasts that I have started to see or have always saw in, in the contrast that we are exposed to when we view people maybe we've left behind in a past version of ourselves or the contrast between different groups of people that we hang out with or business groups we work with or different companies we've worked at, just the contrast of culture, the contrast of character, the contrast of activities that we see that become so clear when we grow and for others when we start to die. So being able to see through another's mask because I once wore the same one. You know, I, whether that was, you know, partying, getting crazy in college, that mask of the partier, the, the jock, the sports guy, the thoughtful person, being able to see through another's mask only because I once wore the same one. You know, I wanted to take it off, but forgot where the mask ended and where my face began. When you look into the eyes of another, you see that trance of illusion. It's like, you know, I was once there. I once wore that mask. And I once thought that that mask was me. I defined myself by that role. And when I look into somebody else's eyes who's still wearing that mask and maybe has forgotten where it begins and where their own life, where their own self begins, looking into their eyes is like Mowgli in the Jungle Book looking into the eyes of the snake. The eyes are just spiraling this vortex of illusion, getting sucked into an illusory reality. It's a familiar whirlpool, just like that snake in the Jungle Book. You know, when I was wearing the mask, I was playing a role too. It's a much more difficult task to be yourself than it is to wear a mask. It's much more difficult task to be yourself because that means asking the most challenging question of all. Who am I? What am I? To ask this question is to face the void of the unknown, you know, that deep space inside of us, the abyss. 
Great movie, by the way. You know, we cannot see into a black hole. I think that's uh, I think that's what NASA said. But we can't see into a black hole, but we can certainly feel its pull. It's easier to be on the sunny surface of the abyss with the abyss below. It's easier to be on that sunny surface throwing a boat party. The depths, the question, who am I? What am I? What is this role I'm playing? Leads only to insignificance because you stand in front of the vastness of it all. Ah, oh, man, I'm such a coward. I'm not worthy. When you get into that place of insignificance, you're a coward. You know, these were thoughts that, I, that were once playing in my mind. The moment I started to step away from, from that mass, from that life, I felt like a coward. I felt weak. I felt insignificant. I started, the moment my attention went from outside and defining myself by this mask and role that I was playing and went the other way. The voices weren't pretty. You're a coward. You're not worthy. It's like a lion wondering who he is. And if we remember the Wizard of Oz, the lion that was wondering and forgotten who he is is the cowardly lion. The lion wondering who he is is the coward. So maybe, like we talked about with self-love, it's about forgetting the mask and the depths. Maybe it's about throwing the hands up and going for a ride before it's all passed. Because everybody wear the mask. But how long will it last? And that, my friends, is just do it. Love yourself by letting it go. And what masks, how many masks are you wearing? What mask are you wearing today? And what mask needs to come off? And what role do you need to end? And what role do you need to start? Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't left a review yet, the biggest endorsement you can make for this show is to share it with someone. That is, if it's good enough to share for you. If it's not, it's not, and it's just the way it is. But I would deeply appreciate you sharing this. Part two, if you haven't left a review for this show, The Way In on iTunes, go ahead and go give it five stars. If you think it deserves it. If you give it one star, fine. I'd love to hear your review regardless of what you think. And finally, hit me up on social, at Team Away, wherever social media things are happening, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm there. Hello at TeamOway.com is the email. Write me what you think, and let's chat. Until next time. Yeah, I'm...